Hello, listeners. This is Keith Feltner-Smith. Things have been busy, but welcome back to the Podland Trailcasters. A lot has happened this summer, and we haven't been doing a lot of podcasting to cover it, but hopefully you're listening today as we get ready for the home opener. We'll now be back to bringing you weekly episodes and aiming to grow the Trailcasters this season to produce even more content moving forward. So if you listen to this episode and have any suggestions or changes you'd like to hear now as we start a new season is a great time to send us your thoughts at trailcasters at gmail.com or come join us on the Trailcasters Discord where we've got a great community of fans and you can help us tweak the pod directly. As for this episode, we had a bit of a mega recording, so it's going to be split in two pieces. Today you'll hear us going over the summer the Root Sports fiasco, and in the last half hour, summarizing the Dame trade. Then, in a few days, we'll be back with Part B, diving deeper into the new players, who we're excited about, and how to define a winning season this year when the actual win-loss record may not be very encouraging. I hope you've all had a great offseason. It's a new era of Blazers basketball. It's going to be very different, but we've already got a lot to be excited about, and I can't wait to enjoy it with all of you. Riff City, baby! Let's get to the show. This week on the Podland Trailcasters. I've been talking about doing Lebowski for Halloween costume. I haven't even watched Lebowski in a while, but I got just dropped it and stuck in my head. It's a great song. It's classic. Philip Seymour Hoffman's so damn good. In you me. be Philip Seymour Hoffman's character. I'll be Jeff Bridges' character. <laughs> no, I'd go as John Goodman's character. Oh, there you go. Of course, of course. The fuck? You did. You did. You didn't limit the number of people allowed in the chat. <laughs> Unbelievable. Does nobody give a fuck about the rules? <laughs> His toe was over the line. Mute, mute that guy. He's not even supposed to be in this. Get out of here. I hope I have more than these two beers. I'm gonna need him to deal with you today. It's we haven't done a fun in like a month or more, right? been two months because disneyland was two months ago jesus christ Man. that's crazy that's crazy. we recorded too yeah we did and we recorded we recorded twice actually. yeah real quick love hubs or hate hate mail going two and a half months without recording a podcast hate moving on hate, hate mail okay <laughs> <laughs> i just dropped in see what condition my condition is in. How, how many more years did he play in the in the league after after blazers I gotta be honest with you, I never watched him after he left the Blazers. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think attracts a player more? Booty. Do you think it's... Peaks. Warm weather? (laughs) Yes. But... That's true, man. An an honest question. Alright, cool. Hitting the record. And we're gonna do a three, two, one... One more swig for good luck. Cheers, guys. Good to see you both. Thank you for doing this. Finally made it to three people. We're doing it. We're having the Trailcasters three-way. Hello, Rip City. To all of you, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, whether you're in town or out of town or in any corner of these worldwide interwebs, welcome to episode 225 of the Podland Trailcasters, and thank you for tuning in. The voice you are currently hearing is none other than the not-so-vanilla hood of a girl and myself that would make me, Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as almost always, to balance out this Hawaiian-time Oregonian, we have the on-time Hawaiian, the master of segues. We call him Mr. Professional, because Bert time doesn't stop, except when he gets sick, or when he's on vacation with his family, or when he has another job that gets in the way, or when he has some of the sports stuff that he'd rather do, or when he has his other podcast that had the Tuesday night slot before we wanted it. Christopher Joseph Burkhart, if you don't love that guy, there is something wrong with you. What's oh, up, my I friend? See what you di- I see what you did there. <laughs> I just think it's funny, because I told you I-, I have started rocking, and once you start rocking, you can't stop. And as you were introing that, I'm listening to uh, Aeroplane. By Red Hot Chili Peppers. I like pleasure spiked with pain, so let's go record the Trailcasters. And Trailcasters is my aeroplane. I, I hear that you, that's a little spiked with pain, but you know, I, I consider that love. Thank you, sir. It's good to see you. I've missed you. I cannot wait to go through all the f- talk that we got to go through today. 
But that's not all. We are aiming to expand the roster around Trailcaster this season. One of our friends is joining us tonight, hopefully gonna be around regularly uh, and help share the loads. So we can bring you more Trailcasters content. Another member of our Discord, come and join the Discord, link's in the episode description. The intrepid interviewer of many of Blazer's legend, also host of the Busted Bucket podcast, Tim Mother Sniffles Johnson. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I mean, I'm definitely going to live up to that nickname tonight. Uh, you're lucky I even joined, man. Uh, this head cold hit me for a loop today. Hit me hard last night, and today it just got worse. But nevertheless, we had to make the freeway happen. Yes, we did. I'm here for it. I'm excited. Uh, you may not get the full Tim Johnson effect here, but I'll give you some. We're getting a half Johnson tonight. That's okay. It's, it's, it's enough Johnson for all of us to handle. Look, dude, I, I just, I appreciate the commitment. We have, this is, this episode has been weeks or maybe month plus in the making at this point. We've, we were saying this in the pre-record, but we've had multiple recordings on the books that didn't get edited because I didn't have the time for it. Shout out also to BMAC and Deepak for another episode of the, 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 Pack and Mac Chronicles that also has not gotten edited. I apologize, guys. I'm going to be more on top of that for the season, but there's been a gap. But, Tim, we've been trying to get this together. First, it was me and Chris, and you couldn't make it. Then you and I could make it, but Chris couldn't because he was on vacation. Then you and I tried to make it, but couldn't get that to happen. Then we recorded, then couldn't make it the second time for the follow-up. Lots of scenarios involving vacations, schedules, and all the rest. But we said we were finally going to get the TC three-way going. And Tim's like, I, I saw I saw the preview, the notification of the text on my phone, and it was just something about this cough or how sick I'm feeling. I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't you cancel on me morning of. And the follow-up was like something about, you'll have to deal with this tonight. And I'm like, my guy, he's in. He's got this. So I'm in it to win it, man. I'm going to try and make it through this whole episode without my voice cracking. I, You know, cracking, coughing, sneezing, whatever you need to do, man. I'm just, I appreciate you being here. Uh, yeah. So okay, hey, we'll just you're gonna be fine because you're gonna get a crack in the voice, but you'll still power through. Keith <laughs> could barely get through the intro. I'm surprised you didn't say, "Okay, stop. Let's start back from the beginning." But <laughs> hello, Rip City. It's been a month since I did this, and I stumbled over my feet three times. That's why we call him <laughs> Keith Ten Takes Feltner Smith. Ten takes, well, baby. It's, it's been long enough that I, like I, I'm surprised that I didn't have to ask you guys. Can you guys just log out and come back in? Let's just start back from absolute <laughs> square one here. But. Uh, no, you know, we're, we're on, on good course. I feel like I only had a, a couple retakes so far. Probably only be a yeah. couple more. The, the, just, the thing is, none of those retakes are going to make the final cut, Chris. That's what we I'll have editing. Just wait till he gets to the, just wait till he gets to the end, Tim, and he just goes, I'll, I'll, I'll just add this in post. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, I can't say I haven't been there before. I get That's it. right. That's right. That is the point of all this. We bring it in. Uh, hopefully getting getting a, a third wheel in here, bringing in a little extra support so we can get more of this going on a consistent basis, on a quick basis, sharing some of the load like uh, like my my Samwise Gamgee and and uh, Pippin to to my Frodo, I guess. I, I I love you two hobbits. You're both great people. How was the Wait, summer? Hang on, who's who's Samwise Gamgee? I, I don't know who wants to who wants to travel with me. I don't think Chris is probably he's he's been with me already for the longest. He's probably Samwise. I, that would make you Pippin or Mary, whoever you want to take there, like along for part of the ride. You know, like it's I'll an important role. Just makes me think of clerks. There's just a bunch of guys I, I walking, walking to a fucking volcano. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we're getting off track already. We're not even into the, the love hugs and hate mail part yet. The the new and improved Welcome to the love trail hugs casters, and hate mail. Tim. Let me, <laughs> let me. I, I did have one more, just kind of an icebreaker question to ask you guys. We've all heard about my summers already. I have had a crazy, intense, awesome, different summer job than usual. We also had the Blazers Harvest Fest on the same day as the third bench, so got kind of a really rapid fire, like smash the face way of being reintroduced to, to kind of the, the Blazers season. Uh, we had Fan Fest a little while ago. Now we've gotten towards preseason. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Chris and Tim, give me a highlight of your summer what's what's been a a, a big thing this summer that is just, that, that will stand out in your memory it's easy man going to a disneyland with my children that's a highlight for sure living Absolutely. vicariously through the smiles of my my then seven-year-old and and uh i guess let's see that was a post-birthday gift so birthday was coming in yeah you know eight-year-old and five-year-old uh but still man been to disneyland before and i i am not ashamed to say i'm a disney adult i love it uh but man going with your kids freaking awesome family vacation worth every penny nice i did that this year but not this summer so it, it can't be my summer highlight 
Um, and you know, anybody who knows me knows I'm a diehard Packers fan. And before you start giving me junk for that, Chris, uh, I'm not going to give you junk because at least there's someone on this pod now that I can talk football with. Keith doesn't <laughs> like blood sports. He doesn't like human <laughs> cockfighting. Okay. I like a lot of blood sports. I'm just not a fan of the NFL. That's, that's not the only blood sport out there. Come on. I mean, I mean, neither am I, but I love the Packers. But anyway, I got, I got an opportunity to head out to Wisconsin the beginning of August. And, uh, that was, that was a big deal for me because I had never been there. So, uh, being, being in the home, the heartland, I guess you could say, uh, was was pretty special. I got to see some things. I even caught some Brewers games, and I am not what you would call a baseball fan. But there's something to be said about going to a ball game and enjoying a hot hot dog with I don't even know cheese curds and whatever it is. The Bro. concession the concessions blew my mind there, dude. They it was hit, everything they, I ever wanted. A day they hit the different at a baseball game. They hit different. It's so different. Absolutely. Like, if you've never been to a baseball game, it is such a different experience than watching it on TV at home, watching at a bar, like being surrounded with these crazy fans who love this sport. I mean, you could say that about any sport, but it's just, it's so different at a baseball game. So anyway, that would, that would, that would be a highlight for me. That and, uh, I just, uh went up to seattle with my wife to celebrate her birthday happy birthday sweetheart hey! um but uh we got to spend a weekend up there and that was pretty sweet nice seattle's dope do you know your movie trivia did you go see the movie set miller park whatever the hell it's actually named now in milwaukee there's a baseball stadium in the parking lot it's like a little league stadium oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you so you saw that right yes yeah, uh that. down the right field foul line you'll see a home plate that is the old location of milwaukee county stadium which is actually where they filmed all the home games for the cleveland indians in the movie major no league way. Really? Yes. no way 100 100 percent, bro happy birthday to Rachel, man. That is awesome. I'm glad. It sounds like an awesome, fun uh, summer memory, and it's a great segue to our next segment, our world-famous, internationally renowned, universally acclaimed, new and improved love hugs and hate mail. So what we're going to do now, this we, we've been working on this segment for a while, trying to iron out the bumps. It usually gets a little rocky because I come in with some pre uh, preset love hugs and hate mail, and Chris doesn't so instead of uh you know trying to get three of us in here with kind of the the clunkiness we're going to streamline this a little bit where i'm going to bring He's up trying some... to blame it on me this <laughs> i'm going to bring up some topics i'm going to list out some things and we are each going to say do you love it or are you giving it some hugs or are you sending it some hate mail uh and you know we can go into some explanation some argument if we all disagree on it from there can and I, if you I guys have guidelines before we start though like yeah i, yeah. I know this is your thing no, no you're like, good, you're obviously good. i get the loves no, so 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 yeah, so mm-hmm. like that that'd be the thing. If if I say, uh, you know, if if I if I said love hugs and hate mail, love hugs or hate mail, uh, Rachel's birthday in Seattle, you'd obviously be like love, and maybe Chris would be like love as well, and maybe I go hugs because I love Rachel, but it meant that you couldn't record with us, so it's not it's not all love, it's mix and mix. So so hugs isn't necessarily like giving condolences. Yeah, and and you can even just you can define this if you want because hugs can. Oh hugs yeah, is hugs kind of are the gray the... area. Hugs is the so gray we, area. We, we use hugs as the tweener. Like it's like yeah, it, it can yeah, be yeah, yeah. it can be kind of hate. It can be high, kind of love, but it's not full. Like, like I give cynical a lot of, hugs or sarcastic yeah. hugs, and there's like, right, like lo- hugs of support. Okay, cool. I'm into yeah. it. Let's go. Sorry, sorry for derailing us once again. No, you're that's, good. No, this, that's this, the this, show, like... bro. <laughs> I'm gonna list out some topics. We each say if you love it, if you're giving us some hugs, or if you're sending us some hate mail. And if you guys have some topics you want to throw in here a week to week, feel free. But don't feel like you got to come up with something on the spot when you don't really have something ready. Burkhart. Word. Love hugs or hate mail. Nate Tibbetts becoming the head coach for the Phoenix Mercury. Love it. I mean, love. I love Yeah, yeah this is all love for me, man. Nope, Assistant coach. coach from up here. Going down and going down to Phoenix. Now he's got a head coaching job in the WNBA. Yeah, and isn't he? Didn't I see that he's the highest paid uh, WNBA coach ever? Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about Chris. No, no love from you. You're not loving Nate Tibbetts' new position. No, I'll give it. I'll give it love of all the coaches who's ever ever been, uh, 
you know, rumored to be a head coach candidate outside of uh, Stotts' staff. I always thought Tibbetts was the best, and so good for him. Um, I think getting a guy of Tibbetts' caliber who has interviewed for multiple NBA jobs is huge for the WNBA, just like it was getting Becky Hammond, who came as an assistant head coach from San Antonio and was interviewed at different teams, gets into the WNBA. Because the thing is, uh, I don't think... Tibbetts or Becky or any of that like their goal wasn't to go coach men's basketball or coach women's basketball it was to coach basketball and to get that that crossover a guy who's spent his entire career up to this point in the NBA saying yeah the, the WNBA that's that's good enough for me I'll take that job right it's not like him because for a while there I think people would poo poo that right like no 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 I'm too good for the WNBA no I think this is really good for the WNBA in the long run I know people get upset that uh of course a male would be the highest paid uh coach in the history of the of the okay but that's just how coaching works like the latest hire is usually the highest paid guy right like yeah yeah. so so I mean if Becky Hammond were hired tomorrow she'd probably get more money uh than Nate Tibbetts but inflation greater than sexism essentially yeah there you go thank you (laughs) but uh no Nate Nate was a great guy anytime I had a a rare chance to deal with him um very very smart basketball mind surprised it took this long for him to get a head coaching gig but I'm really excited to see how he does with uh, the Mercury next love hugs or hate mail Chris Murray, seeing the local sites around here in Oregon. I need, I need you to expand a little bit. I didn't, sure, I didn't sure. see this. So Chris Murray, one of our rookies, uh, one of our rookie Blazers, was involved in the uh, rookie interviews for the season ticket holders. And one of our fellow Discordians, Jesse, uh, at PaintPDX on Twitter, I believe, shout out to Jesse, hey! was at the these rookie interviews. Chris Murray mentioned having already visited Trillium Lake and the Oregon Coast. No. Damian Lillard in 10 years never made it to the Oregon coast. Chris Murray hadn't even played a game for the Blazers yet, and he's gone out to see the sights. It's all love for me, man. Oregon Coast is special. Trillium Lake is special. I listened to some other spots. The audience responded to when he said Oregon Coast. Apparently, according to Jesse, people laughed, applauded, and uh, yeah, I think Chris Murray's stock went up a little bit that day. I mean, he's a Midwest guy, isn't he? Murray? Yeah, I don't know where he and Keegan came from. I think I think I saw somewhere him saying he was a Midwest guy. So it makes sense that he would oh, yeah. make he's it an a point. I, he's, he's, he's an, he's an Iowa guy. So there you it go. makes sense he would, he would go to uh, go see the coast. I'm going to give him hugs for that. Like, good for you, man. Good okay. for you. He knew what he was doing. He yeah, knew okay. what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> he knew, yeah, you, 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 think, you, you think there's some shade being thrown there? You think he's yeah. maybe uh, casting his no dummy. <laughs> say no dummy he knows when how he to bring that up fan. the like only it. thing would be been awesome like more awesome if that like he sent out a tweet that was like you know trillium lake greater than lake michigan or something like is like a, oh. a shade towards milwaukee <laughs> like that'd be funny oh, but of course great. It, yeah. and of course dame didn't go to the oregon coast but technically he kind of gets to go to like a beach did they call it a coast i mean lake michigan's huge it i don't know man huge. i went and looked at it when i was in milwaukee or, a, yeah over it, in milwaukee and it's it looks like an ocean. It's Doesn't a it? Shoreline. It's, yeah. It's a shoreline, not a coastline. <laughs> there, there's a difference. It's not a coast when he's not on an ocean. Next love hugs or hate mail. Tom Haberstroh replacing Corey Jez as the analytics uh, specialist for the Blazers. We've got longtime podcaster, one of my favorite dudes. So I'm sending some love for this. Uh, Tom Haberstroh joining the squad. What do you guys think? What are you sending, Tom? Love hugs or hate mail? How do you say I'm indifferent without saying I'm indifferent? Probably like, a hug. <laughs> I mean, he's probably a cool dude. I don't know him personally. I didn't know Corey personally, but um, I feel like a lot of times last year watching the games, it got a little muddy with all the, the numbers being thrown out. And I think Corey did a good job trying to make sense of it all for viewers, but I, I don't know, man. I just feel like all that's a little extra. I what, like the, the stats like, delivery is extra, or you just think the way. I, I mean, I, I just think I just think adding the analytics during a broadcast is a little extra. I think okay, okay. I think uh, Lamar does a good job of explaining things to viewers, and I think that's probably good enough, honestly. But I mean, then again, there are those stat heads out there that probably love it. So I don't know, man. I, I, I'm indifferent. Yeah, I feel bad for like, Corey. 
it's all three in one. I, I agree with Tim here because I, I personally, for my viewing consumption, don't think it offers anything to the broadcast. Like, I really don't care if this power forward is in the 94 percentile for free throw shooting percentage. Like, I just I don't give a shit. Um, uh, so I'll give a hug uh, uh, to Corey Jez. A, a love to Habistro getting in. Hate mail in the fact that Corey Jez had had to crawl so that uh, uh, Tam, uh, uh tom havistro could come run right it was like let's get this guy in here see if it works it worked the minute it worked they went with a more well-known national guy which is uh kind of a shit move if you want to be honest that's a um, legit but, point dude i hadn't thought about it that way but you but a point Havistro's really really good in this role yes um he's filled many roles before he's been an insider before i don't like him as much in that role but as a stat guy i think he's one of the absolute best and to get a guy in there with some national flavor uh, it's really good for the blazers broadcast as a whole the the thing i i think you just hit it on the head for me too and as far as what you're talking about tim the the difference i liked what Corey just did he grew on me over the season i think when i first saw him brought in i was like who is this dude who obviously isn't the basketball guy and is kind of maybe not really even a TV guy, at least not in the basketball kind of culture sense or the pace that you're wanting to see for these events. It, it was an odd fit that he got much better at over the season. I liked it, but there is a weird thing about trying to present numbers and stats in a, in a uh, verbal way as opposed to just using a graphic on screen. Like what you're talking about, Chris, when they list Damian Lillard's 99th percentile shooting. Showing that as a graphic is a thing our, you know, uh, troll brains can latch onto versus when you hear it is a lot easier for someone says 99th percentile as a, as a word and it's a lot easier to kind of skim like just go right over your head you know i do think the difference is what Corey, like what chris said with Corey jez kind of crawling so that tom could walk or run here i think the big difference is now that they now that they've seen oh this kind of works to have someone doing this on camera uh instead of just having the graphics shown in the corner tom is this is what Tom has always done. More than being an insider, like Chris said, we've seen him as recently. He used to have the big number, and that was a segment that he would do, which was exactly this. He's taking a maybe somewhat obscure analytics thing and saying, this is why it's cool. And that's what this job is. So I, I think Tom is very well fit for this. I'm excited to see what they do with it. Word. All right. Final love hugs or hate mail. Xfinity has bumped Root Sports hey, to their ultra pack. You don't even have to say anything. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I, I, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why you would possibly dislike the idea that Root Sports is being bumped to an ultra package that's only $37 more for Xfinity customers. And this is just one more example of the politics of the industry around regional sports, uh, regional sports broadcasters, or regional sports networks, excuse me. And, you know, being expensive, maybe not the most efficient, and fans having to pay for it both literally and figuratively. This is not great. I hate it. I'm sure Chris is waiting because of all of us in here he has the most expertise to actually talk about this from an insider's perspective uh the one thing i just want to say real fast is the question that i've seen around this when blazer fans are having a hard time viewing preseason games and the question has been is this blazer's fault is it roots fault is it comcast or xfinity's fault it's all of them it's roots fault for having bad production and bad content they have no pre or post game content they do a very <laughs> job and a very minimalistic job of giving us blazers it's Xfinity's fault for making the deal with Root, and it's also the Blazers' fault for making the deal with Root. They they went for quantity over quality. They knew that at the time. They had to know that at the time because it was obvious back then. Uh, and it's it, there's blame pie to go all the way around. But Chris, again, as someone with the most inside perspective, having worked at NBC Sports, who previously had all the rights for the Blazers before or Comcast Sports, who had it before that, where do you stand? Are you saying some love hugs or hate mail uh, to Xfinity and Root Sports over this whole adjustment? Uh, I love it. I love this move because uh, it, it's it's a moment for a me to be like, <laughs> told you so, um, <laughs> because <laughs> you all saw this coming. The deal with Root wasn't good from the jump. Um, and, and, and it's so tough because I hated it because we I was tweeting about that. I didn't. OK, I did not expect this. 
I did not expect this because I broke news. I, I tweeted about this. I, right. I, I my Twitter was nonstop. I was being quoted in KGW articles for breaking this news. And I was like, oh, <laughs> because I've never done that before. Like I have I've been in this business, but usually I have insiders. Right. And so uh, there's times I'd have information. We feed to them. They'd vet it. And then we'd break news together. But it was never me breaking the news. I was sweating bullets, guys, if you want to be completely <laughs> honest here. because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, I've vetted this multiple times. I believe this to be true. I mean, I'm not a Comcast customer, so I didn't get the email. I had to vet it through other people. And then I'm like, oh, if this isn't true. My whole, my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? So so now I know what the guys like the Woj and the Shams and, and the, the Hanes go through. Uh, when stress. you just fire something off and then suddenly like, oh, was that not? Yeah, yeah. I just didn't. I don't. I didn't have the shams clout to, you know, if I had reported it and been wrong to walk it back, and people still like me at the end of the day. Um, but no. So it, it's an interesting move. Should have seen it coming. What irritates me about this whole thing is the fact that you knew from the jump, and this is not necessarily the Blazers' fault. Like everyone, everyone wants to get mad at the Blazers, right? Whatever. They left NBC. They went to Root. They did what they did. Once they signed that contract distribution's not in their hands okay they say i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna sign with you i'm gonna you know give you the benefit of the doubt the hope that you get me the best distribution deal possible it's then in roots hands so it's it's hard for me it's hard to be mad at the blazers right now they made the decision to go to root for multiple reasons what's irritating to me is again you knew going into this that the blazers were playing second if not third fiddle to the kraken and the mariners right and you knew that the mariners were by far the most important entity on that network because of the mariners ownership in root okay so it is not coincidental that root gets pulled off of the you know basic air quotes package of comcast two weeks after the mariner season ends so now root has six six months what to five six months to figure out distribution or get people where they need to go before the Mariner season starts back up and they get all the eyeballs where they want the Kraken and the Blazers were an afterthought this was all about let's get through the Mariner season get as many eyeballs on them as possible what happens after that not roots problem if you're a blazer fan i encourage you if you haven't already go look at some of the distribution deals the rsn model is broken with a capital b uh i have people who live in denver who can't watch the nuggets the the los angeles dodgers are in one of the largest metropolitan areas in the world and less than 50 percent of the households in los angeles get dodgers games because of the distribution deal rsns are broken absolutely broken i think this opens the door for all nba teams to be watching with a magnifying glass what is happening in utah and what is happening in phoenix if the phoenix sports plus package and the utah uh, the jazz plus package work i think there is going to be a a massive influx in the long run of teams going um direct to consumer and honestly the 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 sun's package is the absolute best the sun's package is all of the games are available on local tv but if you want to pay us to have the ability to stream them wherever you're at it's a hundred dollars a month, and that that would be worth it to me as a fan. So we'll see where it goes. Um, is it a, so is it yes, a, the the Suns one is a hundred a month for that. For the, no, no, no. The, Did I say a hundred a month? I apologize. It's it's a hundred for the season. Hundred for the season. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Jazz Plus so is like hundred and twenty for the season, but you also get two game tickets and a jersey or or something like that. You like, get a hat, a t shirt, and two yeah. tickets to a home game. I mean, two tickets to the home game are going to be half the price of your yearly subscription right there. So at least, um, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes. Um should have seen it coming. Uh Root Sports not the best. Um well, and, don't and have the Blazers best interest at heart. That's just I, a fact. I think I think that's the issue is that it, Mike Richmond just did a whole thing on this uh, the other day or last week or whatever too as far as the the kind of the, the breakdown uh and again, I'm with you where it's not mostly Blazers' fault. It's mostly on route. It's also on Xfinity. But Blazers, years ago, they had the option to kind of choose streaming, and they didn't because, like you're saying, Chris, no one had done it yet, and they didn't want to be wrong and be kind of maybe... It com- yeah, they, they, they didn't want to be wrong. They wanted to let someone else stumble first. I get it. I mean, hello. Yeah. Like, look at what I just said about Corey Jez. They want to watch someone right. stumble first to know before it works. <laughs> but the problem, but the, though, is now you end up with this situation where, yeah, they, they've... 
it's the fans footing the bill for them kind of experimenting with it and fans getting access to not being able to watch preseason games and hopefully it gets worked out by the time the season starts it's crazy to think how how hard it is to watch games when you live near portland and then meanwhile like you're seeing with jazz if you're living salt lake or 150 miles of salt lake or 150 miles of phoenix you can watch your team for hey, free man. practically don't get don't get don't you don't have to get me started i mean you know that i am i am in favor of the of the man making money right like that's i oh. i, I want to make my money the man should make his money but in this instance i think there is zero argument to ever be made that makes sense that a a home market should be blocked out of their own games i think every single team in every single sport should be readily available on every single TV within that city limit uh, for free. And, oh, for free? Burkhart, you're an idiot. No, I'm not. Uh, thank you, but no thanks. The, 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 there are so many people of our generation, because we're all roughly the same age, and you guys can remember this even if you're not a fan. There are so many people of our generation who are Atlanta Braves fans or Chicago Cubs fans because the Cubs put that on WGN and just put it because on it was every TV in the yeah, country. Yeah. The Atlanta Braves put their games on Turner Broadcasting and put it on every TV in the country. Now, I'm not a Cubs fan, but I did love the like like the Cubs growing up because I knew that I could come home and because of the time difference, four o'clock in the afternoon, I could turn my TV on and watch baseball. That by <laughs> that builds a fan. That yeah, fan turns around, buys jerseys, buys hats, buys all the merch, buys tickets, if not season tickets, and they make you the money. You don't make money from the fan who wants to watch the game on Root or NBC or streaming or otherwise. Right. You make money off the fan who says, I'm such a Blazer fan that I want to go pay $300 ahead to see Damian Lillard make his return. And I want to go watch that. That's where you make your money. Get the fan, make the money. You don't. Yeah, the, so, and the, the, TV... and the best way to get the fan distribute distribute the tv viewing should be seeding for for fanhood right and that's 100 what you got tim i mean you guys said it all what got me pissed off the most was the timing of it all oh, right yeah before, right before, right the, before the, the preseason game was going to be televised you go and make the change and was it like 24 hours it? or 48 hours right before the first preseason it was right before it was man. literally the day before that's it was the that's day why before. i said you think you think you have it bad? Like I said, that, that announcement ended up being a thing on the day that the Kraken season was opening. So Kraken right. fans were were, yes. were, were not uh, happy. And here's the thing. Root Sports is not a dumb regional because there is a reason why there are so many Mariner fans in the city of Portland. Because Root, previously Fox Sports, Northwest, and all that. Uh, made sure that there was as many TVs as possible outside of that Seattle market that got the Mariners. And I was one of them who grew up, hey, man, we got a weekend. You want to drive up to Seattle, catch a Mariner game? Hell yeah, <laughs> let's go. And it's because of them being able to put the Mariners on as many TVs as possible. But when you have the Mariners as a partial owner in that network, it's quite obvious who is the lead dog. So yeah, interesting what happens there. And if you don't think for a minute and the Bla the blazers are smart so they're going to be they're they're going to get their ducks in a row that if the nba announces tomorrow that the seattle sonics are coming back and that root sports isn't dumping the the blazers in an instant ah. to pick up the supersonics you're crazy you are crazy <laughs> we'll see where it all goes We'll get to Scoot and all the new, the new team and all the hype around what we've seen in the preseason in a minute but first we must discuss the end of an era, the, 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 the tremendous fucking trade, the drama, everything that's gone down with it. Dame, essentially, just for a quick recap for any Blazers fans that have been living under a rock. Uh, quick recap for any Blazers fans that have been living under a rock. Dame, Two takes, Smith! <laughs> that to be three takes, Smith. Dame saw us draft Scoot uh, this summer. And after a number of other you know factors, maybe, decided he wasn't here for it. 88 days after the request was made, a deal was finally done. And shout out to Travis Demers, who we mentioned earlier as well, for pointing this out. Only four current players on the roster were here at the start of last season. That would be Penny Simons, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, and Jabari Walker. Two of those being the rookies that we drafted that year. So, Dude, and even more so, only one player on this roster was on the 2019 Western Conference Finals team. And crazy, that is your yeah. man, Penny. And, and, you know, I, I've been talking with some uh, Phoenix Suns guys uh, recently. We've done a couple pods uh, down there with 
some friends as far as the eight move and talking about Nurk and Drew Banks and everything down there. And they have the same kind of thing. They have very few guys remaining from when their team made the last big run. But obviously the, the, the talent level is a little different on those rosters at this point. As far as our roster though, I mentioned those four. Penny, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, and Jabari Walker. Can either of you name the other 10 players currently under contract? Pretty sure Chris can. Who'd you name? The four that we've had for uh, since last season. Penny Simons, Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, Jabari Walker. Who are the 10 other players that Blazers have under contract? Scoot Henderson's under contract. Matisse Thibel's under contract. You mentioned Jabari Walker, right? So you got that. DeAndre Ayton's under contract. And we continue to go down this list. Oh, yeah, Nasir Little's gone. Yusuf Nurkic is gone. Damian Muller's gone. Oh, my gosh, this is hard. Let's see. Uh, do, do they count? I do Baji's on a contract. He might be under that list, but who Jamari knows? Kamara. Mm, yeah, Kamara's under contract as well. Good job. Not Obviously. Brogdon. Yeah, Brogdon's under contract. This guy's good. <laughs> is Maze on, on your contract? He's beautiful. Uh, Robert Williams is under contract. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting list of names, is it not? It's wild. I did not hear you mention Ryan Repair. Ryan Repair. Oh yeah, Repair. Yeah, Repair. There you go. Um, Moses Brown also under contract. Chris Murray, who we mentioned earlier. I love that. And I think you got the rest of them. I think you guys. Oh wait, no. Did I hear anyone mention DeAndre Aiden? Oh yeah. Aiden. Okay, cool. Just making sure. <laughs> okay. Anyway, getting back to the trade. Besides the new roster, what caused all this this roster shakeup? Damian Lillard ends up in Milwaukee. Yusuf Nurkic, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson go to Phoenix, which it sounds like could have happened independently of the Dame trade. We can talk about that kind of detail in a little bit when we actually kind of break down the value here. Uh, and Blazers in return get DeAndre Aiden, Tumani Kamara from Phoenix, plus Drew Holiday and a first round pick and two swaps from Milwaukee. Holiday then turns into Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, and two first round picks on his own from Boston. Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams the third. Will they finish the season as Blazers? I think there's a good chance that they might. I, I could see them shifting out Brogdon, but I think Robert Williams is here to stay. You think Time Lord is more of a lock than Brogdon is? Yeah, I do. I'm Just with you on that. They need an experienced big body. I mean, they brought in Moses Brown, uh, which I big fan of that guy, but he's still he's still pretty raw. Whereas Time Lord has been around. He's been on a good team. Um, but Brogdon, he would be a great mentor for Scoot. Well, uh, really, all the guards. I don't know, man. Uh, I think Williams stays. And I think if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would put my money on Brogdon getting shipped at the deadline and uh, Williams staying. I agree with what Tim said here. Uh, Robert Williams doesn't make sense to trade off unless there's a really good deal out there that you think helps you. I mean, he, he's young. He is a rotational big. Like, yes, he started some games uh, in his career, but coming off the bench behind DeAndre Ayton, his ability to play the four and the five when you need him to, I think is huge. Uh, and he fits the career arc as we as we like to talk about over the years so so i like him i think malcolm brogdon is as good as gone i think the only reason they didn't turn around and flip him is because uh you got to wait that 60 day window and uh, to where you can aggregate contracts with his on the way out ah, um, and then look yeah. and then look at the deadline that would allow the team to maybe send him and maybe one of their young uh young draft picks out or him and, and another contract out to bring someone in interestingly enough i actually thought the perfect landing spot for malcolm brogdon was going to be uh oklahoma city for that expiring oladipo deal like hey i'll send you to okc you give me oladipo and some uh, one of your young players maybe a pick but you get this guy who can help you uh but they ruined that by being the one team dumb enough to tra <laughs> trade for for porter despite you know i mean i, I get what they did it for and the, the front office is okay we're just gonna bite the the uh, pr bullet for a second to get an asset and just Absolutely. cut him but it would have been better if houston just had to bite that bullet themselves and cut that that idiot yeah uh, but no i think i think malcolm brogdon is out i mean he reigning sixth man of the year uh is not what the blazers need so uh he there he's gonna get a run to show his value and then he's going to get a lot of interest come trade deadline time um i think robert williams will get a ton as well but i think there's a future for him here yeah i'm, I'm with you like 
there's been talk about Brogdon being a really good mentor for Scoot and all the guards that we have. And I'm I, like what you were saying. Stop. Like, Tim, I, I, I could see it. I get it. I get where the value would be from Blaze's perspective wanting that. But you also get things in the way of the young guys developing when you're taking guard minutes away and you already have so many guards in the rotation. Here, here. And kind of like what Chris is saying too, the fact that it's not just a veteran point guard who's good, it's six man of the year, like reigning six man of the year thing. To have that coming off as just a mentor role off the bench does seem kind of like wasted value versus the idea that maybe he gets moved. I, okay, so Chris, you mentioned uh, the 60 day limit. So you're saying he gets moved almost immediately. Tim, you're thinking more kind of towards the deadline? No, no, no. I do not think he gets moved immediately. I, I think that oh. I, I was stating that that, 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 that that there's this window there where you can't aggregate him until that window right. is open. I think they're waiting for that window to open, but the trade deadline is the perfect time to move on from him. Right, yeah. My bad. You weren't saying it happens immediately. You're just saying they have to wait till they can't trade him yeah. as a solo piece. It can be a, a part of a larger Right. Guy. I saw Chris's face when you mentioned uh, him being a, a good mentor for Scoot. Uh, it's funny because there's a lot of people that I talk to saying the same thing that this team needs a, a vet presence to, to mentor these young guys. But at the same time, like, especially with the guards, they have an all NBA point guard as their coach, right? Like he's, he knows the game. He can, That's a fair he can point. mentor okay. these guards. So you don't necessarily need Malcolm Brock. At and the so, very least you're saying Billups has got that kind of, ability to kind of have the the uh the 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 leverage or the 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 gravity to talk to those guys like hey man i've been there don't worry about it yeah and say what you will about whether or not you think he's a good coach or not the bottom line is he never got a fair shake not yet the only reason i roll my eyes at the mentor thing is because i think it's one of the most overblown talking points uh these guys don't need a, a, a mentor oh show me how to play point guard no this guy, dude, Scoot was Scoot's well, been okay. training. No, no, Scoot's been training with with Steph Curry in the off season. Like he has these right. guys who teach him what to do. And you didn't bring in a twenty two million dollar a year guy who is the sixth man of the year to be a mentor. If you want a mentor type guy, you go get an end of the bench. Right. minimum contract like an ed davis is a perfect right. type of player to be in right. a young locker room right i'm going to show well, you how to be a pro but when it comes well, to being chris, a point guard scoot's going to learn his yeah well chris and i think what the what the argument is is that it's not necessarily teaching these these guys how Thank to you. play the position but it's more of the mentality of how to keep <laughs> how to keep your cool during stressful situations you know during whatever you know it, it, outside of the games like staying out of trouble stuff like that i'm not i'm not so sure that people are saying that they need someone to to teach them how to play the game of basketball because obviously uh, no i feel that i feel can't. that i totally feel that that's why i said if you're gonna do that, that that's an ed davis type right the guy that's yeah. been in the league i'm gonna pay him min vet minimum come in be my locker room glue, right? You also have a guy like Jeremy Grant, who's been in this league for approaching a decade now, who hasn't been in trouble off the court, who knows how to be a professional. You got a guy like Ant, who's who's approaching what five years, been here with Dame, knows what to do. He's he's not a rookie anymore. You got the guys like Chauncey, so, so you get that. Do I think a team needs that veteran presence? Absolutely. Did you trade out to go get a $22 million a guy, a million dollar a year guy to come be that guy? No, you right. did not. Yeah. And do you think that guy wants to be that guy when he still has plenty in the tank? No, he yeah. does not. So that, even, that's he, what I mean by that. Brogdon has even said that he, like when, when Boston tried to trade him before, he was looking for uh, a, com a contender type role. He wants to go somewhere where he can try and have a shot. Not, he doesn't want to be that mentor. And like you said, the price is wrong to be a mentor. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the comparison to the uh, to the Heat value. The real losers of the whole Dame trade package were the Miami <laughs> Heat and their stupid ass title ass piece of <laughs> fans that we had to deal with all summer here. Like, I mean, there are, there are <laughs> fans in every fan base. I have no doubt. And the Lakers are still the the the, the king <laughs> of all fans out there as far as <laughs> fan bases go. But my God, I had no hatred for Miami fans or Miami Heat in general before this offseason but the entitlement the 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 constant calling us a poverty franchise the levels of this man it just got under my skin after a certain point but i, I understand that blazer fans chris can chris over there you can crack the fuck up right out of your chair man i'm gonna keep going <laughs> they, i understand that blazer fans are often talked about as you know being know-it-alls or 
people here invest their time in learning the game. I am thoroughly convinced after this summer that a a very small minority, if any Miami fans at all, understand basketball. Okay, stepping down off my pedestal, the bigger point here, talk about what we got for Dame. Overall, the whole package of uh, of, of uh, Aiton, Kamara, Robert Williams, Brogdon, three first-round picks, two swaps, comparing to what uh, compared to what Miami could have offered, essentially two picks and Tyler Harrow, which would have been maybe another pick. And if they gave us everything else they had that we could have won, and we're talking, uh, who was it? Caleb Martin, Kyle, Kyle Lowry is an expiring, Jovic and Yaquez. Is there any question that we got the better option in the deals here? Is there, have you heard anyone, is there any part of your mind at all that thinks, uh, oh man, we really, we really missed out by not taking off, taking that off Riley's hands. No, I mean, I like, I like Yaquez, but I think as far as the package that we got versus what we could have potentially had, I like what we got. I really do. And I think Joe Cronin did his best work, uh, to date with that trade. Um, I, I actually love what we got. I, I didn't think we would get that. Chris, you disagree? No, I, the, the, oh, okay. they did right. No, they did right. Uh, what, you were what just I waiting for him to tear at, me down. You just wanted him to what cut I laugh me down. About your, what I laugh <laughs> about your point, Keith, is if Miami had... Jimmy Butler had requested a trade, and for two and a half months, if he requested a trade and said, I only want to go to Portland, and for two and a half months, Portland was the favorite in the clubhouse... <laughs> You would try to convince yourself that Yusuf Nurkic and Nasir Little was exactly what what Miami needed <laughs> because Yusuf Nurkic can play the center and that can they can move Bam to the four and they really need a little bit of help at the small forward, especially with losing Jimmy Butler. So Nasir Little can slide in there and then Ant, like Ant totally, she's going to kill it playing next to Tyler Hero. They're going to be stupid if they don't take that deal. And when you And when you feel like that's the deal, and that Jimmy Butler is yours right there. It's just a matter of time. All you got to do is flip the switch and he's wearing your uniform. And then you watch it crumble in front of you. You and everyone else would become a rational Blazer fan too. It's like, I don't understand why Miami took Drew Holiday. That's stupid. Then they could have had Anthony Simons, who's a young kid. Every fan base does it. Now, now, you are right. The vocal... Miami fan was off their rocker because I had to deal with it. I watched Danny Morang dealt with it like crazy. Kudos oh to him. God. I I text that guy uh, during the middle of it, and I was like, bro, nobody plays the troll like Dan Morang. You are the most entertaining thing on Twitter right now. That's true. But, but, but here's the thing. Like, I get Miami fan being upset because, again, they were the leaders in the clubhouse. We had Ira... Uh, Winderman. Ira, the yeah. yeah, there you go, thing Winderman, uh, uh, who's a uh, Heat beat reporter on the Rip City Drive, and and when I asked him about the trade, he said that you know we've been linked to so many players over the years. This is the first time it feels like it's really going to happen. Like they were buying in, they thought oh. Dame was theirs, they thought it was theirs, and it fell through. So and, entitled. Well, it's, <laughs> Sorry, I don't think I, I I get that, but I don't think it's entitled as much the fact. Okay, star player asked out, star player says Miami guy who's only been a gm for a hot second we're gonna uh, going against uh, where star player wants to go yeah going against riley we're gonna own this right look at james harden james harden oh i want to go to i want to go to brooklyn i end up in brooklyn i don't like it here i want to go to philly i end up in philly i don't like it here i want to go to la he might end up with the clippers right like tim said star player gets what they want half the time Kudos to Joe Cronin, who Miami fan now thinks is the dumbest GM of all time, for sticking to his guns and making the trade that was without a doubt the best trade for the Blazers. Why did Tyler Hero make zero sense for the Blazers? And this is the thing. Saying you didn't want Tyler Hero does not mean Tyler Hero is a bad player. He's a 20-plus point per night guy. He can shoot lights out. He's a great shooting guard, right? But when your team just drafted Scoot, has to find time for, for Shaden, and has Ant, you don't need Tyler Hero. That's just stupidity. Oh, True. well, they didn't need Drew Holiday either. Yeah, Drew Holiday got them a haul from the Boston Celtics. 
Tyler Hero wasn't getting you Malcolm Brogdon and Robert Williams and picks. Not in, not any day of the week. A any day of the week. So you took the better player and like, it, it should not take a rocket scientist to understand that high scoring guard in the NBA in a league that has a ton of them versus a guy who can score when he wants to, but is also hands down the best defensive uh, shooting guard in the NBA. That guy has value. Tyler Hero doesn't. It is the same exact reason for years and years and years. Portland fan has talked about trading Anthony Simons and nothing happens. It's not a knock on Ant as a player. It's just the fact that that archetype of a player doesn't have a ton of trade value. It just doesn't. If you're not bringing it on the defensive end, your trade value is limited. So no, Portland made the absolute right deal. And when Miami Heat fan or anyone else gets gets up in arms and goes, oh yeah, players are watching this one. He wanted to go to Miami and they <laughs> didn't trade him there. Yeah, they didn't trade him to Miami. They took their star player who wanted out and said, you know what? I know you want to go to Miami, but I'm going to go trade you to a team that has the best player on the freaking planet. If Damian Lillard went to... Better. Yeah, if Damian Lillard went to Miami, I love Jimmy Butler. I think we all love Jimmy Butler. Damian Lillard, arguably the best player on the team. I know Jimmy's a two-way guy, but yeah, he does dude. not. His de his defense leaps and bounds above Dame. Dame's offense leaps and bounds above Jimmy, right? So they're in this. Yep, there is they're, they're arguing in the hierarchy, right? But in Milwaukee. It's no doubt. It's clear. Yeah, Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no comparison. Do you guys honestly think that Miami's going to reach uh, as far as they got last year, this year? Nope. No. Nope. 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 Even if no. they were, they were they lucky. There, there's no way. They. If you look, if you go back and you and you watch last year, they outplayed their talent for a good portion of that postseason, and they got lucky. They got so lucky to get as Everything far as lined they up. Everything fell Also complete. Yeah, also complete uh, a talking point that's never talked about is it would have been a a, a culture shock for Dame because he would have yeah. gone to ah. heat culture, right? Uh -huh. Coach Spo is a different ballgame, right? You got to think that what Damian Lillard's career arc has been. Come into Portland with a brand new head coach, not a first year head coach. He's coached before, but he's a brand new head coach. So he's still walking on eggshells. I'm going to build a good relationship. He and I are going to get along. He's going to eat out of the palm of my hand. He leaves. Blazers bring in rookie head coach, who, kind of to Tim points earlier, Tim's point earlier, do you think Chauncey's going to stop practice to tell Damian Lillard what to do, or CJ McCollum yeah. what to do, or Robert Covington what to do, or Norman Powell what to do? Versus no, the way he can talk to Scoot and these guys. Yeah, versus yeah. the way he can mold the clay. Now he's not. So Dame kind of ran the show. If he would have gone to Miami, he would add Eric Spolstra, who runs the show, runs the <laughs> right? <laughs> Damian Lillard just got gifted by going to Milwaukee, who has what? A rookie head coach. Another head coach who might not tell Damian Lillard what to do. This, this bodes very, very well for Damian Lillard. And I'm not even talking about egos or this and that. Like, Dame's going to get to go be Dame and no one's going to say different. And it's going to lead to phenomenal output from him in, in, in Miami. Yeah, it would have been interesting for the first there, time in his career. He would have had a coach that said, no, 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 this is my show. Wait, my, like, my, in my, in Miami is like, is like, uh, it's like San Antonio, like suppose the face of the franchise. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think it changes much. I just think it's an interesting talking point myself because Spo is no, different. Everyone I've talked to who goes to Miami loves it because of accountability and the way that he he gets the most out of his players and the way that the star player gets yelled at like he's a rookie sometimes. Might have been a little weird world for Dave. <laughs> not, not only the thing of like Spo's influence there and maybe someone to kind of tell him what to do, but like you said too, the idea that it's a little more of a question there who the lead player is. Even if Dame sees himself that way, like if Dame would see himself that way, most likely. And Jimmy Butler probably isn't giving that up. I don't think Jimmy Butler is the type where he's going to say, oh yeah, Dame, you're better. You take the lead. Where in Milwaukee, even with no one else to kind of hey, say to Dame, like, check yourself, he's not going in there questioning Giannis. So it's oh, a it's a it's a, Yeah, it's a question in Miami. It absolutely yeah. is. In Milwaukee, it's no doubt that he is the second best player on the team, and anyone who says otherwise is dumb. <laughs> which, I've, which I've said for years is what Dame needed to do. 
He needs Whoa. to be the second best player on the team. Whoa, the team that's crazy. Maybe that's, that's a hot crazy. take, but no, it's actually the exact argument I've made forever. That uh, yeah. uh, uh, if you, if a point guard is your best player, um, your your roster has to be built a very specific way, and Portland wasn't built that way. And I've always argued forever that Dame would Dame would benefit, and you might get the best version of Dame uh, in a situation where he is not the best player on the team. Um, mm-hmm. So honestly, I know Blazer fan might not want to, but me personally, very, very excited to see what he does uh, in Milwaukee in this role. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him being in Milwaukee. I've who doesn't love Giannis and to see the two of them paired together is going to be exciting. Uh, I may have to watch more Bucks games somehow this season than Blazer games. <laughs> <laughs> More than Blazer. Okay, hold on. Let's not get into blasphemy here. You can watch some. Bucks all you got, games. All you got, all all you got to do is buy. All you got to do is buy League Pass, and you'll have an easier time watching <laughs> Buck games than Blazer games while yeah, living no in the kidding. city of Portland. As far as the players go, we're, what we're talking here, just a very simple version. Drew is greater than Harrow's value around the league. Aiden and Williams are established players more valuable than Yovic or Yakez, at least more as far as proven quantities. Even if you did get Caleb Martin, like I kind of mentioned i don't think you mentioned martin too much chris but you know we've got tumani kamara and brogdon I, th- I think it's pretty easy to say that blazers have won out on the player side what about the picks is there any it, do you guys want to argue at all that miami would have had better picks for us down the down the line versus what milwaukee will be uh once dame's contract is passed in milwaukee who, who do you think is more likely to get bad i guess would be the root of the question milwaukee versus miami i would say it's more likely that it's miami just because they've got aging vets. Like, I mean, Jimmy Butler's not going to be there for too much longer. Depends on what they do. But, I mean, with Spolstra there, they're going to be able to attract talent. That's the real thing. The the whole thing we heard this summer was about how with Spolstra, or in the Spolstra era, they never get that bad. Even when they've been bad, they're never really a lottery pick. It's like, I think the 10th pick was the the furthest into that that they really got. So, you know, you could also say... Milwaukee, when Dame and Giannis are both old, Milwaukee is kind of more like Portland well, in, the in another of being a small market years? thing, having trouble attracting free agents. Oh, yeah, you're right. Giannis isn't gonna isn't quite as old as Dame, but either way, it's they're not gonna have the same easy time attracting free agents and talent as as you do down in in the southern tip of Florida. Yeah, I mean, here's here's an interesting thing though with with Milwaukee that you talk. I mean, Milwaukee's roster is older than Miami's now. They have the second oldest roster in the NBA. And the only reason Miami had the old roster forever is because they had, you know, 2,000-year-old Udonis Haslam who had, you know, gone into the Lazarus pit and, and, you know, de-aged every once in a while. The difference Uh, is their best player isn't their oldest player. I get get what you're laying down. I get that. But we're talking about this team that now is good. They're going to have to figure out a way. I mean, Brooke Lopez... He's only got limited tread on the tire, right? Bobby yeah. Portis, limited tread on the tire. They have no true star shooting guard. I I do like Beasley uh, in that role for them, but it's not like he's lighting it up. You got Dame, who's going to be on the on the downside at the backside of this contract. Obviously, you have Giannis. So uh, it, it's interesting how that all goes. The only reason I think I, I like the Milwaukee pick over the Miami pick is just simple model of consistency that Miami's been. As long as you got Spo in tow, you're going to find a way to, to be a semi-competitive team. Doesn't matter who's on that roster. He's going to find ways to win ball games. He might not be a championship contender, might not have this crazy run that they go to the NBA Finals when no one thought they would, uh, but he's going to be in the playoffs or sniffing them and have limited value in those first-round picks. Um, so I, it's not that I think Milwaukee's going to crumble, Tim. Uh, I think that if I was going to bet which one of those two teams had the better chance of falling into, say, the top five pick in the next six years, seven years, eight years, whatever, maybe Milwaukee, because Miami tends to do things pretty well consistently. You really think it's it's Milwaukee, even though with Giannis there, they they shouldn't have a problem attracting anybody to go play with the greatest player in the NBA. It's not South Beach, though. I mean, like... It doesn't matter, though. I mean, a it, lot of it does matter. Tips, right? I, 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 I'm, all I'm trying to say is, like, look, I, with Dame, man, 
the reason he requested one team it, it's not because he wanted to win he wanted south beach and he's not gonna be the only he's not gonna be the last player that looks at it that way yeah they want to win but if they have a chance at winning even even if dame if dame never won a championship but he made a couple finals had some fun runs and was doing that in south beach I think that's what I'm he wanted staying. more than what he wanted to, 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 if he doesn't win in Milwaukee. I think if he wins in Milwaukee, he'll be just fine with the results. I'm just saying, with the, with the, when the players that haven't gotten there yet, when before you get the hindsight, what they're looking for is oh, not, uh, uh, not uh, Milwaukee. It's not Portland either. Think, what do you think attracts a player more? Booty. Do you think it's... Cheeks. Warm weather. What? Yes. <laughs> but, that's I mean, truth, what, what, man. Honest, an honest question. What would attract you as a basketball player more? Playing with the arguably the best player in the NBA who's made it to the playoffs essentially his entire career? Or are you going for the eye candy at South Beach? I, I for real, I, I hear what you're saying. And this or, is what or, upsets or me about Coach this. Ulstra. You know what I mean? Like, do you oh, want to okay, play okay. for for um a a, a coach who has a winning uh, program or do you want to go play with the best player who's in a winning program? If, if what I think that's what upsets me about this a lot too, is because again, the character that we were led to believe that Dame is or has or was, or whatever you want to say, Dame would be an example of, he should only care about if he's leaving Portland, that he says he cares about so much. If he's leaving Portland for something that's important to him, it should be about winning. So he should have he should have had Milwaukee at the top of his list. He should have had a number of situations that could be about winning, but he didn't. He wanted I mean, South Beach. He wanted Cheeks. Miami was just he wanted, in the finals. I, I, come on, bro. We like a, a player in the NBA knows that that's knows that, that is not that wasn't real. You know, it's like I, guess, they, they, I mean, but but if you're gonna if you're gonna give him crap for for you know choosing Miami over Milwaukee for winning reasons, I'm, I mean Miami was right there. I'm not even giving him crap for it. I'm just saying, like, I I don't I don't believe that a, a I don't believe that a player, especially someone who has someone who can see through the, all the different layers of this, I don't believe they look at Miami as the same kind of chance as Milwaukee. I think they look at the bigger picture and say, I want to win where I can go to clubs and in silk shirts and the rest, not in ski jackets and no one's Future there. It, I, yeah, I think young players yeah. do. Yes, I mean y- young but, or having a midlife crisis, like we also know, Dame is kind of sure. going through because he's going through a divorce for the last he's like going, year. He's going through, he's going he's, through some stuff. Yeah, he's but, been, but he's been separated for almost a year, man. Like he is absolutely having a midlife thing where he's looking for. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just doing it for a joke now, but he's looking for cheeks. He's he he wants to have fun. Dame's not gonna have any problem finding booty in Milwaukee. Okay? <laughs> no matter <laughs> where he too. went, he could have gone to Oklahoma City and be just fine. You're not wrong um, about that, but that's not how players see it. That's all I'm saying. Keith, I think you're t- I think you could totally off about that, man. I, I think that Dame, up, Dame, going, <laughs> Dame going to Miami, I think that team is more of a title team than Dame in Milwaukee right now. Right uh, now. Balance, no, balance hold up, bro. Right hold now. up. Mute, mute that guy. He's not even supposed to be in this podcast. <laughs> no, Get out of here. The, ba- <laughs> the balance. Hold, hold on. Hold on. The balance of those those top three and how they would uh, highlight each other, Jimmy, Bam, and Dame, better, in my opinion, than Dame, Giannis, and, I don't know, the ghost of Chris Middleton. Right. And Brooke right. Lopez and oh, dude, there's there's so much. But that's the, the thing that was like the, Miami already Miami, lost their depth before the Dame trade the, even happened. Like but the, the Miami infrastructure, the man. These the, the dudes always pop up every damn year in Milwaukee or in Miami. That just like these role players because they have the system, they have the infrastructure. Bolster is the best coach in the NBA, right? Like, I I would have I would have bet money on Miami. I'm like. Milwaukee is like they're sure they're a contender, but like okay, wait, let, let me ask you this uh, one, Matt. But if Dame was on Miami, I'd be like, that's the title team. Do you still think that Miami holds up as well? Do you, Miami's up there as a favorite over over Boston over the current Boston with Drew Holiday, even if they get Dame. Well, in that alternate reality, that doesn't happen, right? Because we don't get Drew Holiday to ship him over there. 
we don't i mean you know if we weren't accepting miami's package maybe it has to become like a three-team trade so maybe we if we end up with drew holiday or some other player that has similar value uh, let's say uh we still had the phoenix suns thing going on for aiden nurk and they wanted their other guard and so grace Allen was still the other piece so let's say milwaukee was still the third team in a blazers heat trade that sends dame to miami drew to drew ends up going to boston after the milwaukee trade you, you're you're putting miami on top there the scenario that you are proposing is there is no chance that happens. That's not the question, though. We're, we're, we're saying right now, right now, they're comparing the damn Milwaukee Bucks to the Drew Holiday Boston Celtics as the favorites. And you're saying you think the Miami Heat would be better than the Bucks. Are, are you saying that they would also be better than the Drew Holiday Boston Celtics? I, I mean, I'll, I'll live in your fantasy world. That's not It's possible, comparative but, purposes. But uh, sure. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Because I mean, it's largely because I don't. Um, I mean, what Boston has shown in the playoffs, plus you know, leaning a, a decent amount on Porzingis now, um, and the fact that everybody now knows that Jalen Brown can't dribble with his left hand. Um, you know, that's, for years. that's well. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's you know, I'm sure NBA teams did, but it seems much more public now. I, I, I think you're crazy. I think that I, I yeah, that's fair. I, I, I get that Miami and Butler and or Damon Butler and Bam in Miami would have been a nice threesome, but there's no depth there. I think what you have in Milwaukee with Dame, Giannis, the Lopez's and, and Middleton and the rest, like I think there's just a number of factors. It's just there's just more there, man. It's such a such a more of a sure bet than I think a gamble uh would be with the Heat. And Miami, again, we, we Miami saw pulls Miami these gamble dudes last out year. of their ass though. Miami pulls these dudes out of their ass to become like contributors they pulled like, dudes out of their ass to like, be a 10th seed that barely made it to the playoffs and then got to the end where they had no chance it, it, like that was a that was a run where everything came together for them and it still was a fake run it wasn't real it just i don't know i i'm i'm not convinced let's 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 get past what, the miami stuff though let's let's get to the precincts i'm sure you're gonna was, have more uh, to say was about this 29 team. was 2019 fake for the blazers too Yes, hundred percent with cancer yeah yeah hundred percent yeah it absolutely you know how lucky run. they got and if they hadn't the, had that run, maybe we would have reset sooner when we should have in the first place. We all would have been happy. Right. The run didn't happen. Yeah, all right, thanks for your call, caller. Uh, moving on to the next topic. Actually, we're just going to move that right on to the next podcast. We will be back with a part two in a few days to go over the pieces we got back from the Dame trade, who we're excited about, who we think will be long-term Blazers, and what to look for this season since it's probably not going to be a win total necessarily. But thank you for listening to part A. Go and enjoy the game tonight. And in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That is our show. Thank you, Mac, for jumping in there at the end. Thank you, Chris Burkhart and Tim Johnson. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats as always. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Please come and join the fun on the Trailcasters Discord. The link is in the episode description. Thank you again, and keep an eye on your podcast feed over the next few days for the next edition of the Trailcasters. <laughs>